Last week, we taught our first Christmas lesson. It was the day of small things. Christmas one, the day of small things last week. <clears throat> this week, we're going to talk to you from the incident of the wise men coming. The wise men coming. Let his star lead you. Let his star lead you. Just as it led them, let it lead you. And we're going to talk about what that star is and how that God has promised to bless us and be with us and keep his hand upon us. How many of you know there's three, there were three wise men? Actually, the Bible doesn't say. Bible doesn't say there's three. We always say there's three wise men, but the Bible doesn't say. It names three gifts that were brought, but it never mentions about it being three wise men. It could have been five, and it just mentions three gifts that were brought. It could have been seven. It could have been two. Who knows? Nobody really knows. But they were wise men, praise the Lord, that came, and the Bible called, speaks of them as being wise. I'm going to have you turn to the book of Matthew. The, uh, the incident in the birth of Christ, of the coming of the wise men, is interesting. We often see the manger scene, and we, in fact, I've got one in my yard, and it's set up that way. It shows Joseph and Mary and the baby Jesus in the manger, and it shows the three wise men kneeling down with their gifts there at the manger scene. Actually, they never were there at the manger scene. The wise men were not. Uh, they never got to see Jesus and get to where he was for days afterwards. Uh, he was in a house, and we will find that in the Word of God. The uh, incident in the Bible that records the coming of the wise men is found in only 12 verses in the Bible. It's only found in one of the gospel books, and that is in the book of Matthew about them coming. And... Uh, it is also prophesied, and I'll give you some scripture on that in a few minutes, where in the Old Testament it's prophesied that they would be coming and they would bring gifts and so forth and so forth. I'm going to have you turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, and uh, I want you to follow along with me here as we read these verses here. I'm not going to read all of these verses. I'm just going to read the main ones that we're interested in, and uh, I'm going to have you to read with us. Uh, chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. So we're going to start with that. Let me put uh, this on the overhead for you. What you have in your hand is what I'm going to be showing you here on the map, on the screen, rather. And uh, this is what you should have in your hand. And I'll make sure that it's... it's uh, this in focus, the best that the machine. Okay. And that's got this right on target there. That, that puts it right on target. Okay. And uh, let his star, star, let his star guide you. And uh, the coming of the wise men, or the magi, as they are also called. And I'm going to have you read with me here in Matthew chapter one, uh, chapter 2 and verses 1 and 2, which is over here in this scriptures right here. Everybody with me? All right. 
Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star, his star, we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. So these wise men had some knowledge about the coming of the birth of Christ. There's some knowledge about it. I'll show you a scripture where that this is prophesied in the Bible, that they would know this and how they would know it and so forth. <clears throat> but these wise men came from the east, and they came, and they came to, uh, to the king, that is to Herod the Great, and asked about it. I'm not going to get into the next verses, but Herod the Great asked his wise men, where is this king of the Jews being born? Now, Herod the Great was the king of Israel, and he didn't want to hear about no one else being king. So he says, uh, tell me, where is this guy, this baby going to be born? And they went and looked in the scriptures. It's found in Micah. It's found in the scriptures of Micah 5.2 that he would be born in Bethlehem. So they came back and told uh, the king, and the king in return told the wise men that it, it is in Bethlehem. You go to Bethlehem, and when you find him, come back and tell me so I can go and worship him. And he was lying because what he wanted to do to make sure he would kill the next king of Israel that was born. That's what he wanted to do. But the king, but so the men said, okay. So they went out and they followed the star and the, the star led them. I'm going to go to verse 9 now. Verse 9 here to complete our thought here on this. This is verses 9 through 11. When they had heard the king, they departed. And lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with great, with exceeding great joy. And I want you to know here that the star was still leading them and it brought them right to where the child was. Now, there are people who try to say that the star was the Halley's Comet, or it was some comet that appeared, and, and they were following a comet. It, no, 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 it's too exact. It not only brought them to Jerusalem and to Palestine, rather, but it brought them right to the very city, and it brought them right even to the very place that Jesus was. Now, the verse 11 tells us here what, where Joseph and Mary had gone to after he was born in the manger, and this was probably days, uh, it could have been weeks, but I imagine it was several days after his birth, that star could have appeared in the east before Jesus was born, that he was going to be in those wise men travel, but it was about uh, probably a couple of months' journey for them to travel from where they did over to where the, they were going in Jerusalem. Now, I'm going to give you a map here, and then I'm going to read this next verse to you here and move on here. This is, uh, this is the map here of, of uh, the Middle East at that time. And uh, this is Canaan's land over here. This is what we call Palestine right in here. This is Jerusalem right here where my pen is pointing. Jerusalem. And then... Over here is the Euphrates River, the Tigris River, 
this is Mesopotamia up in here. This is where uh, Nineveh was and so forth. Babylon is right in here. You see the word Babylon there and so forth. These kings were out in this round in this area all in here. And uh, I'm going to read this 11th verse and explain to you how those kings knew about the coming of Jesus. Look at verse 11. And when they were come into the house... So here this star came and really appeared right over the house, apparently where Jesus was. And uh, they saw a star, they seemed to gave joy, verse 10 and then 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Now, here's where we get the three factor. And when they opened, when they, when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And these were the three gifts that they gave unto them. Now, I want to uh, point out to you here that these wise men, uh, having come there, came from this far distance way over here, and when they finally got there, Jesus was in a house. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want you to look at back to the chart here that we've got. And... Uh, the who were they, the answer is probably prominent men who were influenced by the Jews of the first captivity. Now, Israel had been conquered uh, by both the Assyrians, the northern kingdom, and also the southern kingdom of Israel, Judah, had been conquered by the Babylonians, Assyria and the Babylonians. They had been conquered and many of the Jews taken over into the east, including Daniel, and most of us are familiar with the book of Daniel. Also with the book of, uh, of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was one of those that was captured, taken over there. And many Jews were taken from that area, and from the Palestine, and taken over into the east there. Now, they probably passed along a lot of knowledge and information of what their Bible and what their teachings had taught them about the coming of a Messiah. And because it's all through the Bible, all in the Old Testament, you have to remember that Isaiah had already lived, and he had lived his life out, and he did much prophecy for the coming of the Messiah. And uh, Jeremiah had done the same thing and so forth. All this had happened. So these men had a great knowledge here of the coming of the Messiah. And uh, so that's how they probably knew about it. The prophecy here also of the star this is interesting they knew about the star look in numbers 23 if you would this is a very interesting scripture here that i'm going to show you look in numbers 23 in your bible i said 23 i meant numbers 24 numbers 24 <laughs> this is concerning a man who tried to curse the tribe of cursed the people of Israel one time, and uh, his name was uh, Balaam. And uh, a man by the name of Balak hired him and said, I want you to stand up on a mountaintop overlooking the children of Israel, and I want you to curse them so that they will not capture and just take over everything it looks like that they're doing. God's just giving them favor. And I want you to put a curse upon them. So Balaam tried to curse them, and every time he tried to curse them, he blessed them. He blessed them. All he could do was bless them. 
And this Babic was getting upset about it because he gave him money to do that. He said, every time you open your mouth, you're blessing these people. And this is what was said in one, one of those cases. I think it was the third time uh, down in verse 17. I'm going to read these verses to you here, 17 and 19. Look at verse 17. This is Numbers 24, 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not, not nigh or not near. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. Jumping down to verse 19 very quickly. Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion. So this is a prophecy of that star that would be someday appeared. And so these wise men may have heard about a star appearing. And when there was a star in the heavens, they said, let's follow it. Now, these wise men could have also been Jews themselves. They could have been Jews that knew something about the Old Testament, who never went back to Palestine whenever the Jewish captivity went back, which was in 536 B.C., I think it was. They were captured in, in 606 B.C. and later on in 588 B.C. and so forth. You're not interested in all those dates, but nevertheless, this is how these wise men knew about the Lord. So they came, they found the house, and there they were. So I'm going to move on here a little bit further here. The prophecy of the wise men, they brought gifts. I'm going to show you in scriptures where it prophesied that they would bring gifts. Look in Psalm 72, and we have those in your scriptures as well. Psalm 72:10. Praise the Lord. And we'll get into the, let, your, let his star guide you in a few moments. So look at 72.10. The kings of Tarshish and the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba, two, two different places, shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. And uh, this is uh, one of the places that's mentioned. And uh, also in the book of Isaiah, chapter 60, and verse 8, 60 and 8. The multitude of camels shall cover thee, the dromedaries, the, the Midianites, the Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense. Those were two of the gifts that was mentioned that the wise men brought. They shall bring gold and incense. And they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. So here's a couple of places here that speaks about it. And so with all of that together, the star prophecies about the gifts and so forth could have influenced these men to say, let's go and let's see who this king is. Praise the Lord. And so they went. Now, I'm going to read one other verse about the wise men, and we're going to move on from there. And that's going back to Matthew chapter 2, where we started out. And we talked about them finding the Lord in the house and giving gifts. And this is 2 and verse 12. I'm going to read 12 here. And this is the final scripture on the wise men. And being warned of God in a dream. This is after they had seen Jesus and they gave unto him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then the 12th verse of chapter 2 of Matthew and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So Herod never got the information from the wise men. The Lord spoke to them through dreams. 
and everything, and they never followed the star after that. The star never led them back. The star was there of the house. What happened to the star? I don't know. It may have gone up into the heavens. We don't know what happened to it. It doesn't say anymore. But the wise men knew they were to go back home another way, not go back through Jerusalem and not see the king, and they put all that behind them. Amen. Now, I want to go to part two here. God's word is his star to us. Let it lead us. I'm going to put some emphasis now on the word of God because, folks, this is our star right here. I say that because people follow their stars today. People follow their, their impressions. They follow their beliefs. They follow things they've heard. They follow a lot of things. And you and I, as the people of God, must let the word of God always be his star. It will always lead you to Jesus Christ. Always. It's not going to lead you to cavemen, you know, living in caves way back there thousands, tens, tens of thousands of years ago. It won't take you there. It'll take you back to Adam and Eve being the first man and woman. And it won't take you back to somebody coming from another planet and landing on the earth and all that weird stuff that you hear today. It won't take you to the theory of evolution. None of that. You will not find that in the star that will lead us if we follow it. It'll lead us to Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the answer for the world today. There's no other way we can be saved except through Jesus Christ. The Bible says that. It teaches us. There's no other one we can come through. You, you can't find it in any other religion. It's got to be through Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. And so the Bible has already determined that. I'd give you scripture, but we're not going to take the time to do that. I want to move on here. God's word and his, is his star. Let it guide us. I want you to look at Psalms 33, 4 with us. Psalms 33, 4. And uh, this is a scripture that talks about the power of God's word. This word is a powerful thing. We think of it just as a book and we see it sitting around and we pick it up and we read it. But the word of God, folks, is the most powerful thing on the face of this earth. The God's word. Now, look at these scriptures. Psalms 33 and verse 4. Psalms 33, verse 4. For the word of the Lord is right. Everybody say it's right. Never wrong, it's right. All his works are done in truth. Look at verse 6. I'm just saving time by hitting the key verses that I want to bring out. Verse 6, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Now think about that. If God made the heavens by his word, how powerful is that? All those stars, and the Bible says that God not only knows the numbers of the stars, but he knows the names of every one of them. God has a name for every star. And whenever you talk to these scientists who gaze into the heavens, they say the further out you go, the more stars you see. The closer in on a group that you see, the more you see in that group. It's amazing, but the Lord, praise the Lord, has them all named and numbered. Amen. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the hosts of them by the breath of his mouth. The Lord spoke, said, let it be, and it was so. Praise the Lord. This is the power of the word of God. Now look at verse 8, 8 and 9, and read these together. Let all the earth fear the Lord. 
Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. I'm talking to you here about the simple factor of the spoken word of God. And then now look in verse 11 here with us. Verse 11. And in the counsel of the Lord standeth forever the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Praise the Lord. Let me read that to you again. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. You can depend on it, folks. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what kind of battles you're fighting. You can trust the word of the Lord. And if there's anything in the world that I think we we Pentecostals and we Christians and we God-fearing people need to get a hold of is that believe the word with all of your heart. And situations may come and go. You know those wise men had to encounter all kind of difficulties and coming across the deserts. You know they did. But they followed that star. And you and I, praise the Lord, have a star to follow. It's not an imagination of men. It's not some somebody's story that we say, well, maybe that's what it is, and start following that. But we follow the word of God, and the word of God, praise the Lord, will never fail us. Amen. Let me move on a little bit further here. Also, if you look in Psalms 119, Psalms 119, this is uh, the longest chapter in the Bible. And uh, and it has some beautiful verses in it. Uh, there's 22 stanzas. Each stanza has eight verses in it. I'm going to read here Psalms 119. And verse 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word, thy word above everything else. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Here's another one, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, you may walk in darkness, but you can always see with the word of God, it'll give you light. You'll know where you're going. You'll know your path is safe. You'll know every step is going to be right. Praise the Lord. Very simple understanding to that. We're looking over here at Psalms 119, verse 160. Thy word is true from the beginning, and every one of thy righteous judgments endureth forever. Praise the Lord. So you can stand on it. Look at verse 161. That's in the next stanza, but it's still the next verse. Princes have persecuted me without a cause, but my heart standeth in awe of thy word. And the writer here is saying, I stand in awe. I'm amazed at the power and the goodness and the great power and the goodness and the greatness of the word of God. Praise God. Verse 130, uh, 165, brother. Verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and, and nothing shall offend them. Look at that, folks. Look at that verse of Scripture. You say, Sister so-and-so offended me the other day. Brother so-and-so offended me. He said so-and-so to me. Hey, forget it. Forget it. You keep walking with God. You keep serving the Lord. Amen. I haven't heard him, I haven't heard anybody offending anybody. Let me just, I just threw that out or whatever it's worth. But don't let anybody offend you. Praise the Lord. I went into Walmart the other day, saw somebody, they offended me. Forget it. Praise the Lord. 
Walk with God. Let his word be unto thee. Great peace. Great peace. I can feel peace in God. Have they which love thy law. And nothing shall offend them. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 167. And I'm going to close out with this. With here. And so. says here. My soul hath kept thy testimonies. And I love them exceedingly. I love them exceedingly. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, yeah, I guess that finishes up. Okay. All right. That's Psalms 119. Praise the Lord. Now, let me just go to number A here. Look at this real quick with us here. Things in this life that never change. Examples. Now, look at this very closely. His word is his star left out. These are the power of his word. There are things in this life that never change. And the examples are mathematics, chemistry, physics, engineering. There are laws in these things that you can bank on. Just for instance, I'm going to give you a real, a real hard one here on mathematics. Two and two will always be four. <laughs> Hallelujah. You understand what I'm saying? It's very basic. And uh, I don't know, I don't remember, I could ask Brother Jenkins, he knows, that pi, uh, he knows figured pi, but pi multiplied by the diameter of a circle, pi, uh, the diameter of a circle multiplied by pi, which is one, and Brother Jenkins can tell you what it is, I know he can. He's told me before what it is, and I know it's in the books and everything, but he knows it by heart. If you multiply that, you'll always come with a diameter. It'll work every time. It'll come every time. There's just mathematical fact. There are certain principles and facts in these things that you can always depend on. And just like two and two will make four, there's a five and five will always make ten. You know, you go on and on and on. Everything you talk about it. I'm just pointing out some things here that's very basic, what we all know. And uh, so there are math and chemistry has certain, you know, uh, thing. You put certain things together, you'll have an explosion. You know, it'll happen every time. You know, H2O will always be, you know, uh, water. And, and then physics has interest. Everything that goes up must come down. Of course, then now they put, the, they put the rocket to the moon and sit it on out into outer space or sit it on up, up there. But in this atmosphere, what goes up must always come down. You understand what I'm saying here. There are certain laws that you can depend on. They're just as, as stable as they can be. And they're always there. Engineering has certain laws you abide by and stay with. I won't go into the details there because uh, none of these are my special here. But now look at number B here. Look at B here. This is interesting because I saw an interview one time uh, with Warren Buffett and uh, Bill Gates. And they were talking to a bunch of college students from, uh, I think it was Columbia and Harvard. They were talking to these, and these kids were asking these two men who were very, very wealthy. You know that Bill Gates was at one time the richest man in, in the world. I think that somebody, others have passed him up by now. But anyhow, at that time he was. Warren Buffett was likewise a multi, multi, multi-billionaire. And this is what uh, Warren Buffett said. He says, I buy and sell stock. Now, he made his money in buying and selling stocks. I buy and sell stocks based on principles. I have principles I live by. I live by these principles. And all the stocks that I buy and sell, 
I don't do on just what I think it may be a good shot or it may be a good time or I go by these principles that I live by. They are principles. Now, the word principle, give you a definition of that, an important underlying law required in a system of thought. So this man, Warren Buffett, was saying that I live by principles of how I invest in what I do and what I don't do. There's a, a TV show they have. It's called uh, the, uh, the Shark Tank. And there's five people in there that's very exceedingly wealthy. They invest in people who come there and say, uh, would you give me a certain amount of money and then you can buy a percentage of my company. And they bargain there. They, they stand there. All of these people have principles. They have a set of principles that they, have, they go by. And whenever the person is talking, you see them writing things down because they're matching them up with their principles. They all probably have pretty much the same principles, but some emphasize one principle over another because of his own experience. But they have principles they live by. Are you following me here? And so they will say, uh, it doesn't line up with my principles. I'm sorry. I'm not. They don't say that, but that's what they mean. Therefore, I'm, I'm bowing out. I'm not going to bid on anything you've got. I, I, I don't want to buy it. Somebody else may say, yeah, I'll take a chance. I'll do it because the principles lined up right. Praise the Lord. Now, I tell you all of that because people live and they live their lives based on principles. And many of them do very well financially in this world. They do. But that won't give you eternal life. None of that will give you eternal life. And this is what I am going to give you some scripture on here that they are only verse C here. This is where we're going with this. That they are only for they're only for this life only. Now, look at Matthew 1625. Praise the Lord. 1625 Matthew. Praise God. Jesus said here, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? If you could be rich enough to gain the whole world, if you could buy everything and you got it all figured out, how to make all kinds of money in this world. And a lot of people follow that star. That's their star. They follow that. But Jesus said, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? When he comes down to the end of the line and he says, you know what? I'm going to be lost here. I'd give anything I've got to be able to save my soul. It won't work. It won't work. It doesn't do him any good. And the Bible teaches us, praise the Lord, that there are things that money will never be able to buy and will never be able to satisfy the soul. Look in Ecclesiastes 5. I'll have you go back to the... Words of wisdom here Solomon gave us. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 13. Praise the Lord. Then I'm going to give you some scriptures here about how to be blessed of God both in this life and also to have eternal life. I'm going to give you some verses of scripture. We're going to talk about that. Look at uh, Ecclesiastes 5.13. I'm going to read the verse 10 here first. Uh, Verse 10, then 5, then 13. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. And that's true. 
People who seek after wealth, they continue to seek after it. They're never satisfied with what they've got. They always want more and more and more. He that loveth silver is not satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. This is Solomon's writings. Look at verse 13 now. There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely, riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. Because those riches perish by evil travail. And he begetteth a son, and there is nothing in his hand. As he came forth of his mother's womb. This is the man who just got wealth after wealth. And as he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came. And shall take nothing of his labor. In other words, all of us was born naked without anything when we were born into this world. You well know that. And when you die, you're not going to take anything with you. A fellow one time said to me, he said, I've never seen a Brinks truck yet in a funeral possession. That's just, that's a comedy. Never seen a Brinks truck yet in a funeral possession. He's not going to take it with him, you know. So as he came into the weather's room, naked shall he return to go as he came and shall take nothing of his labor, which he may carry away in his hand. Verse 16. And this also is a sore evil that in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that had labored for the wind? So it's all gone. So no matter how much you gain. So what I'm trying to point out to you here is even for those who follow the star of great wealth or they want to have an abundance of things and material things, folks, in the end, it means nothing because they have only had what they've had in this life and it does not bring happiness and it will not bring uh, joy and all that kind of stuff which people think that money will give them. But when you walk with God and you follow this star, Praise the Lord. You have the blessings of God in this life, and then you also have the hope of eternal life. Praise the Lord. And that's the star that we follow. Uh, so I'm going to have you look at some verses of Scripture. I want to go to number three here. If we follow his star, that is his word, we will have blessings in this life and eternal life. Now, in the Old Testament promises, I want to talk to you about the Old Testament promises because this is dealing with our more with our present life in this world. So with the Jews, the Lord said, if you'll follow my commandments, I'll bless you in this life. That's what he talked about mostly. I'll bless you in this life. So look at Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 3. Deuteronomy 5, 3. I'm going to read some verses to you here. You shall walk in all the ways which the Lord your God hath commanded you that ye may live and that it may be well with you and that ye may prolong your days in the land which ye shall possess. If you stay with the word of, if you stay with the word of God, God's going to bless you in this land where we are. Praise the Lord. I'm moving on a little bit further here in, uh, in chapter 7 and verse uh, 14. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. He was telling the Jews that. There shall not be male or female barren, barren among you or among your cattle. 
And the Lord shall take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which thou knewest or knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. This is God's promises of his blessings in this life that was made to Israel and is made to the people of God in general. Praise God. We've gone a little bit further here. Chapter 8, verse 11. Chapter 8, verse 11. I'm going to move on down here. 8, 11, 12. I'm reading these verses to you here. We're in chapter 8 here. We'll conclude with that. Look at verse 11. Beware that thou forget not the Lord thy God. Going to verse 12. I'm just saving time here. Lest when thou hast eaten and art full and had built goodly houses and dwell therein. Verse 14. Then thine heart be lifted up, and thou forget the Lord thy God. Now see, that can happen to any one of us. God can bless us in this natural life because we, we go to church, we serve God, we're faithful to him, we pay our tithes. He's promised that if you pay your tithes, God's going to bless you. You know, he will. He'll do it. Believe me, trust me, I've done it all my life. God will bless you. Praise the Lord. And uh, God said, I'll always be with you about giving. I'll talk to you more about those things in a few moments. This is then thine heart will be lifted up and thou forget the Lord thy God. Don't forget that. Then verse 17, very quickly. And thou say in thine heart, going to verse 17 here now, 17 and 18. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of mine hand hath gotten me this wealth. And we start saying it's because of things I do. And it's my principles and so forth. And the Lord can take it all away just like that. He can wipe it all away, folks. And I'm just saying here that if we follow the word and say, Lord, we know everything comes from you. We know your blessings are upon your people. I know if I'm faithful to your word, your word will be faithful to me. And God's presence, power, spirit, grace, glory, his goodness will be upon me. Praise the Lord. It's all in the word of God. So the Lord brought that out. Now, the eternal life factor goes beyond just good God's blessings in this world. Look at B here, eternal life. And I want you to look with me here in Mark. And, uh, and there's numerous verses, but I've just chosen a few. This is in Mark chapter 8 and verse 34. Mark 8 and 34. These are the verses that we're looking at here, right here. Can you see that? Okay, okay. And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, now look at this close. Whosoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's the same shall save it. For what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Praise the Lord. 
Now, let me go a little bit, a step further here. Look in Matthew 19, Matthew 19, 27. <coughs> then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? This is what Jesus said in verse 28. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, that ye which have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake shall receive an hundredfold and shall inherit eternal life. Now, this is what the Lord was saying, and these are only a few verses of many in the scriptures where Jesus tells us that he's going to bless us and give us eternal life. So in this life, we are blessed with an abundance of blessings from this from God. If you walk with God, you obey the word of God, keep the commandments of the Lord. God will bless you here but he also gives us the hope of eternal life. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to see Jesus brought a series of personal blessings, a series of personal blessings. Look at this verse of scripture with me, if you would. This is in uh, Matthew 7. I like this. 724. Therefore, Whosoever heareth these words of mine and doeth them. Now, folks, that's the key. You can't just hear the word. You've got to do them. You've got to follow it. You've got to obey it. Praise the Lord. You've got to live by the words of Christ and the epistles. Paul gave us understanding of all these things by the epistles. Verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these words of mine and doeth them, I would liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Now, I don't have this in, in your scriptures there, but I could read a little bit further here. Verses 26 and 27, it reverses that. Jesus goes on to say in verses 26 and 27, everyone that... Heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened to a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell. And great was the fall of it. But if we walk with God, keep his word, live for him, serve him, praise the Lord, not just hear the word, but be doers of the word, God will keep his hand on us. Praise the Lord. And uh, in wrapping this all up, I want to give you a few examples here. Jesus brought a series of personal examples to us. Now, I'm going to emphasize this one here, giving. Look at Luke uh, 6.38. Folks, this is one of my very favorite scriptures. And uh, can I just say here that if you keep the word of God, God will never fail you. Praise the Lord. Luke 6.38. This is there, okay. There we go.
638. I'm sorry, I've uh, marked. Okay. Apparently, I didn't have it marked. All right, 638. Here's a good way to remember this. If you can remember Acts 238, this one is Luke 638. And it's a good scripture to memorize, to know by heart, never forget it. Look at it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Be a giver. Don't be a tight guy, you know, like those rich people. Get, give me, give me, get, 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 and then I hoard it all up, bunch it all up. And then in the end, you have nothing. No, he says, give, and it shall be given unto you. See, that's against, that's against principles that some of these People who want to get, 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 get money is their God. That's all they think about. But God teaches us as a people to give, to be a giver. Don't ever be hesitant to give. God will always bless you. I was talking to my son just just last night about uh, a time long, I don't know, several years ago. He came back from Africa. He said, Dad, there was an orphanage over there. And they were they hired a guy to build it and they paid him money. And say, when he got just hardly gotten started building their orphanage, he said that he took the money and took off and left. And those kids that were waiting for that orphanage to be built had no homes. They were a bunch of kids. And they sleep under sheets of tin. And when the rainy season comes, they get under sheets of tin at night. And it's getting cold and the rain is coming. And they try to stay dry under sheets of tin outside of that that area where they were starting to build the orphanage would quit. And he told that story to us or me, and I heard it. He, I heard about it. One night I was sleeping. My wife and my daughter was, I think, up north someplace. And going, they went to Harvard for some kind of seminars or something. And I was alone in my house, and I woke up, and I could hear the rain outside. And I couldn't help but to think about those kids. I thought, those kids... When it rains, they get under, and I've got a nice warm house or bed and, you know, comfortable bed and sleeping in. And those poor kids, they sleep under a tent, you know. And I, I just, I said, all right, God, I, I got the message. I got the message. First thing in the morning, I'm going to send, I'm going to give the money. And I called up the pastor and I said, I'm going to, what, what, what kind of money does it take? And he told me. It wasn't all that much. I thought it'd be a lot, but I think it's only six, about $6,000. I said, I'll give it. I'll give it. Six, between six and seven thousand. I said, I'll give it. And he said, Really? I said, Yeah. I said, I'll give that. I'll, I'll take it out of my savings. And I said, I'll give it to those and have that orphanage built. And when I did, I could sleep in peace then. I could go to sleep and say, Okay. But I, I gave. I didn't say, Oh, well, that's a lot of money. I'm not going to do that. You know, that's poor, poor people. You know, I don't know about it. And sure enough, our church gave that money to the missions, and they built the orphanage. And now there's an orphanage there, and those kids now sleep in houses and what the orphanage built. And my son was telling me last night about, yeah, that orphanage is going on and percolating all because you gave that money. Now, folks, a lot of us have done the same thing. I'm just telling you about one example of mine. Now, many of you have done the same thing, but giving God will always bless it because he's promised in his word. It's, it's in the Word. And if the Word is strong enough, praise the Lord, to cause the heavens to be made. And God spoke the Word out there. And if He can speak the words, praise the Lord, and they will happen. 
I want you to know you can go by the word of God. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure. Look at it. I'm looking, reading that 38th verse now. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Man, that be, and running over. I mean, that's like saying a big pile. You pile it up on something. The thing won't quite handle it, but you push it down. You shake it real good like this. I mean, to get it just as much as you can in there. This is how it's going to be given back to you. Given and shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, in my Bible, I got a big ring around that verse. It's there. Praise the Lord. And I've got other verses that's connected with it and also goes along with the same thing. But I just want you to know that God is faithful to his word and he never fails and never will fail. Praise God. Uh, I want you to look with me in Proverbs 19.16. I love this verse. Proverbs 19.16. Praise God. Yeah, where is that one? Hang on a minute. I've got it here. Proverbs 19.16. I love this verse. Here we go. Nineteen seventeen, I said sixteen. Everybody with me? Nineteen there God God bless these people. Nineteen seventeen. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto God. You everybody see that? And you give to the poor. People that don't have anything and you give to them because God's blessed you and you give. And even whenever you can barely give, you still give. He that give it to the poor lendeth unto the Lord. It didn't say that you give it to the Lord, you lend it to the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. So the Lord is saying, anything you give to the poor, you're never going to go without. God's going to give it back to you. So you got a scripture over here in Luke that says, given it shall be given unto you. He that give it to the poor, God is lending to God. And it, it goes on and on. And so these examples of Jesus' many personal blessings are going to church attendance. You go to church, praise the Lord, and worship God and glorify God. God will bless you, and he'll be with you, and he'll strengthen you. I have gone to church, folks. This is the last one I'm talking about here. I've gone to church, and the Bible says, you know, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as man of some is, seeing the day approaching. I have gone to church so low, as to say, lower than a gnat's heel. That's pretty low. I've gone to church so low and just barely made it. And squeaked in the back and just flopped down in the near seat in the back and said, Lord, I made it, but I'm just barely here tonight. And the spirit of God would begin to move. And I'd lift my hands up and I would begin to just thank the Lord and praise him and glorify his name and feel the presence of God come all over me. And the next thing you know, I'm standing on my feet and I'm worshiping the Lord. And everybody else said, the next thing I know, I'm coming down the aisle and I'm down front here and I'm praising the Lord. And I'm telling you, praise the Lord, God will lift your spirits. And when you go out, oh, man, you're ready to take on the world because you said the Lord has not failed me. Jesus is still with me. 
He will always be with me, folks. It's all because we have made this our star that we follow. And just as the wise men followed their star and it led them to Christ, you follow this star, it lead us not only to Christ but eternal life. We'll have the blessings in this life. He's promised it that, both Old, and, Old Testament and New, and he'll bless you, praise the Lord, with eternal life. And whenever this life has come to its end or Jesus comes soon, and he is coming soon, whichever comes first, you can say, thank you, Jesus. I did it right. I followed that star, praise the Lord, that will lead me always to Jesus. Would you stand with me together and let's just stand up and praise God. And let's just take a moment and thank him here today. Thank him for the word. Thank him for his goodness to each of us. To bring us to the Lord. Jesus, thank you for your salvation. Thank you, God, for your love for us. You reached out to us when we were nothings, when we were nobodies. We still are nobodies. But, Lord, you have given us your grace, your goodness, your love, your mercy, and a hope that the world does not have. God, you've given us, Lord, things in this world that keep us, keep us going, God, and take care of us in so many ways. And you will never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. There's a light under our feet and a lamp under our pathway. Thank you for the word that we've hidden in our hearts that we might not sin against thee. Thank you for the word of God, Lord, that you have said in your word, Lord, that you've given us grace, O oh Lord, and that we have received it by our faith, our response unto your grace, and that we're saved through that grace and that faith. Oh, thank you for the message of salvation. Thank you for the hope that we have. Thank you for the message that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost. And for all of those who have preached that gospel, Lord, all these years down the line. Lord, we know one day you're coming back for your people. That's without spot or wrinkle, Lord. And we'll rise to meet you in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and just worship him one more time. Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you. We praise you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you for salvation in the gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.